Pittsburgh Pirates were just swept by the worst team in baseball. And not to challenge the baseball guards, that might be, that probably will be one of the low points of this season. Good morning and welcome to the podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stumpf, recording here from my hotel room still in Arizona. I'm flying out Thursday morning, recording this Wednesday night. That was a really bad series that I came out here to see. That was not good. And I, I, I basically wrote it up and saying, this is not good, but what do you expect right now? How many players on this roster can you honestly say are going to be part of that next competitive Pirates team? You could look at Brian Reynolds. You could look at Hayes. You can look at, like, you could be, hey, Jacob Stallings is still going to be here. Henry Davis isn't going to be quite ready yet. Okay, that's fine. You can say David Bednar, even though you always have to be a little cautious with, you know, relief pitchers. I think Bednar is going to be good for a while. I mean, I think he's got the stuff, the mentality, the approach, basically everything that they are looking for in a late-inning reliever. I mean, this is a guy who came in the spring training, you know, not knowing if he's actually going to make the team, and then he does it. He makes the team, and he's probably going to be closing some games out in August, unless Richard Rodriguez isn't traded. Besides them. Or, you know, you're, you're bullish on, like, a Max Kranich or a Nick Beers. Like, they're going to break out. They're going to be part of that team. Or maybe you even feel like, you know what, I, I, I trust Kevin Newman. I trust Kevin Newman. I trust his glove. I, he's making contact with the ball. He's not striking out. He's doing what you have to do. He'll put it all together, and he'll put together their, an Adam Frazier-type offensive season. I, I feel like we all have that type of player someone on, somewhere on this roster. Where it's like, I think, me personally, I think Jared Oliva, even though it wasn't a good start to his major league career, I do think he does have potential to be a, a, a starter in the majors and a potential leadoff hitter. I'd like to see him use those legs a little more whenever he's on base, you know, try to steal some bases because I think that'd be a huge part of his value. But we're seeing him start to put some better swings on the ball, you know, hit it harder, or at least, you know, get it up in the air, flare it out there. It's some, some good swings. So that's probably my guy that I'm a little higher on than a lot of other people. Maybe people are high on Kevin Newman. Maybe people are high on Rodolfo Castro whenever he comes back up. Maybe people are high on... Maybe everyone's just all in on the big Nagowski. And that's, that's just the guy... He's, he has been a pleasant, a pleasant detour in this, in this season. A little side show of, hey, here's a guy who finally gets an opportunity and does really well. And man, you've got to hold on to stories like that in a year like this. You've got to feel good for the, for the older rookie for that. Besides that, though, like realistically, if you're bullish, there are like a third of this roster is going to be on that next competitive Pirates team. A third at most. So whenever you see this team falling into the same pitfalls, it's definitely frustrating to watch, but it's there's a certain level of, well, what did you expect, you know, to it? 
What do you expect whenever you have a hitter who's at or below the Mendoza line who's not able to come through with runners in scoring position? What do you expect whenever you have a lineup that has very little power outside of Brian Reynolds and they're not homering? It's like, okay, you got to rely on two or three consecutive hits. Well, how many points in this lineup can you really count on two or three people to get hits in a row? It's just not an offense that's built like that. It's a bullpen that everyone in that bullpen has had good outings, has had really good stretches even. But whenever things are wrong, it's the Titanic level wrong. There is nobody in that bullpen with the exception of maybe Richard Rodriguez and Bennar and Stratton. I'll throw Stratton in that group too. Who, whenever things go wrong, it's it's like it, he allowed two runs. Where it's like, well, that's bad for your reliever to do, but you know it doesn't completely kill your team's chances of winning. You can still come back from, you know, your closer giving up two runs. You can't do it whenever a middle reliever gives up six or seven. Or in this case, on Wednesday, Dwayne Underwood Jr. throwing his first two strikes and they both leave the yard. He's someone who, coming into the year, he, he, earned, a, he earned a spot in spring training. And for those first couple weeks, month and a half or so, that changeup was really neutralizing hitters. And he's not been able to locate it ever since. I don't know who in that bullpen besides... I, I'm going to throw Nick Mears as like a separate thing because we haven't seen a whole lot of him in the majors. I know his AAA ERA isn't good, but he's another one of those guys who's had like a couple bad outings really inflate everything. I'm high on Nick Mears. There's definitely stuff there. There's definitely stuff there. But the only one I could really say for, not even for certain, but the one that's most confident of, hey, he's going to be, you know, maybe the closer of, future, of the future is Bednar. Unless you want to count Cedarland also. Which, we haven't seen Blake Cedarland this year. And that kind of stinks. We're all, we're all the poorer for that one. I mean, he has that power stuff, and you—that's what really stinks. I think more than anything about this year is with the O'Neill Cruz injury. It's not serious in the sense that he needs a surgery or anything, but it's going to take more time. And I don't really see a path anymore for O'Neill Cruz to get up to the major leagues this year, unless they really feel confident that they could Rodolfo. Castro him and just look we're going to be very careful of the situations you we put you in but we want you to get a taste of the majors maybe that happens but I think it's more likely whenever you deal with an injury like this that once the season's over okay shut down get ready for next year there's no Travis Swaggerty there's no Blake Cedarland we'll see Miguel Yajure at some point again once he's fully healthy, he's throwing side sessions down in the Pirates complex. It, it sounds like he'll be back up. He'll be back up in the major leagues at some point this year, unless there's a setback in that rehab, which there hasn't been so far. All the reports have been very good down there. Outside of like Yahure, there really isn't a top prospect who's there, who's ready to go. 
and you're left with a lot of guys who, you know, aren't going to be part of that team in the future. And, you know, there are some people that are going to get a shot, like Max Kranich is getting a shot. We've seen people who, it didn't work out, but, I mean, you can't really put a lot of blame of, well, they gave Anthony Alford a look. They gave Dustin Fowler a look. They gave Will Craig another look. They gave a lot of players like that, you know, just a shot in the majors. That's fine. That's fine. That's kind of what you have to do this year. Throw everything up against the wall, see what sticks. I don't know how many of them are going to stick, though. I don't know how many have stuck. I can't think of really anyone besides Bednar. And I keep going back to him here. Maybe, maybe I should have just made this whole segment about him. I can't think of really anyone besides Bednar this year that has really taken the opportunity that's presented it in front of them and rolled with it. Like, yeah, we could go with like a Wilmer Defoe, a Nagowski, you know, guys like that. But th th those guys aren't part of the long-term solution. They're, they're, they're here now. And, that, and they could contribute now, but they aren't, you know, long-term, you know, Pittsburgh Pirates. Future. John Nagowski is not going to be starting at first base two or three years from now. Wilmer Defoe, maybe those two are bench players, but that's like the absolute ceiling. The guys who do have that, you know, potential, besides Benar and Castro, and Castro is a weird case of, you know, just someone who just, he's Adam High's doing Right now, bouncing between major leagues and, the, and double A, not even Indianapolis. Those guys haven't taken opportunities. So, whenever you have that, you fill your rosters with waiver claims, minor league free agents, veterans to fill out rosters while those young players develop, and you go to Indianapolis, or you go to Arizona, not Indianapolis. A lot of them came from Indianapolis. You go to Arizona and you get swept. And that's what we saw these first three games. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I'm going to step away from the Pirates here a little bit. I'm going to tackle a news, a news story nationwide that just kind of broke recently. I'm recording this, like I said, on the West Coast at, you know, a little after 9 o'clock here. I still have to send it to Jared. It just crossed my mind that's going to be after midnight for him. I'm, I'm sorry, Jared. You're a good guy, man. You you deserve better. <laughs> I put him through hell. You should see me with the podcast. He he really he does it all. I just show up and talk. National story that I'm going to preface all of this with saying we don't have a lot of details. We don't have a lot of say from either party. I am sure there is going to be more information brought to light. So I'm going to try to make this more of like a timeless thing right now so that if you do listen to this two or three days from now, hopefully at least some of this is still applicable. Yermin Mercedes, one of the 
best stories early on this season. Got hits in, I believe, 11 straight at-bats to start the year. Really fun young hitter. Got some pop. Has retired. Indefinitely. 27 years old. And he had been in the minor leagues for a little bit. After starting off real strong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a date here. For his season. On May 17th. He had played 36 games to that point. He was hitting 364 with a 984 OPS. In his following 32 games before being optioned, he was hitting 162 with a 207 slugging percentage and a 443 OPS. Now I'm not going to pretend that the, you know, the the switch was flipped right there. Because he did have a couple welfers beforehand, and even you know May 18th, May 21st, he had a couple multi-hit games. But May 17th, Chicago White Sox, Mercedes, is any of this ringing a bell? That was the day the Minnesota Twins had given up. They sent a position player to pitch the ninth. Mercedes had a 3-0 count. He swung. He homered, and Tony Larusa had. A hissy fit. Tony Larusa threw his player under the bus, citing unwritten rules for whenever his team hit a home run. As ridiculous as it is as a as a manager to cite unwritten rules for something like that, if he was on the other side of it, you were losing fifteen to four at the time. Guy hits a three zero pitch, you know, for a home run. You get angry. I I don't know. I don't think. Position players are really going to throw, you know, too many strikeouts swinging 3-0. Seems like the best way to speed this up as fast as possible. Don't walk the guy and get another hitter up there. Maybe this one, put it in play. <laughs> Even if it's like a 1-4 chance of catching it, it's like, well, it's still 1-4. That'll speed things up, hopefully. Mercedes just simply did not hit as well after that. And I don't know if that is related at all. That is completely speculation. I, I have to stress that. I don't know if Tony La Russa in any way influenced Mercedes' season or his slump or the decision to retire. La Russa was asked about this postgame. I'm going to quote from Scott Merkin of MLB.com. Two tweets. The first one, La Russa on Mercedes. Quote, as you probably know, if you are paying attention, several times he said how close we are. He knows I'm a supporter of his, so I'll reach out to him and see what's going on. It could be he's just feeling frustrated. End quote. And the other one is, quote, I'll try to explain to him he's got a big league future. End quote. He might not have a big league future right now. And that's sad, because we're all the poorer. If, if there is no Yermin Mercedes playing baseball right now. That is a very talented, very stacked White Sox team that should be good for another five, six years. And I'm not saying that Mercedes was going to be the, the linchpin of that group. 
he was going to be, you know, this this great part of it. But he was definitely a contributor. He was definitely someone who, at the major major league level, could do something. And, and more than do something, be a starter, be a real contributor for that team, for a really young, talented team that's going to be good for years. The white Chicago is going to be a White Sox town, with where the Cubs are right now. And a 27-year-old of theirs just said no thanks to a lifelong dream. Something's off. Something's wrong here. I think baseball in general, the last couple years, has done a better job with being open and addressing mental health. I think Drew Robinson in particular, what he did with Jeff Persson, was great for baseball, for people with mental health issues, especially in a very masculine environment, one that is almost all men in, in this sport, in, in all men among players. I think that openness is good for all of us. I don't know if if Mercedes does have any mental health issues at, at this time or if he's had them in the past. Uh, if he does, I sincerely hope he either reaches out or someone reaches out to him to address him. Again, I, I do not know this personally, but it does seem like if you're 27, pass on your dream like this, there, there probably is some level of, of regret or personal turmoil. I hope it isn't from La Russa, though. And that's what I'm really scared of right now. Is because bringing in Tony La Russa, everyone was kind of on the same board of, well, this, this is an interesting choice. And you can like someone like Tim Anderson, who after the Mercedes incident... He went to social media and he's like, man, don't, don't listen to that. You get 3-0, you swing. You, if you're going to hit a homer, swing. Like Tim Anderson is, you know, one of those clubhouse leaders that you need in Chicago. And you can have guys like that. But if there's a problem with the manager, that's, that's something else. I don't know if there is. Maybe they are as close as Tony La Russa implied in that quote. This just stinks. Major League Baseball needs people like Mercedes in it. Can't drive them away. Whether it's through unwritten rules or not doing well enough on, on the mental skills, the mental side of the game. Or most importantly... If it's your manager who throws you under the bus. Say what you want about Derek Shelton. He is learning as a manager. He is very open that he's learning as a manager. One aspect that he has done terrifically so far is he has that clubhouse is back. And they have his. He, he'll go to bat for his players. Of all the justifiable criticisms you can say about anyone in this Pirates organization right now, that one you can't. We're all the poor right now. If Mercedes does not come back in baseball, hopefully this is just 
a short-term thing. Either, you know, he comes back in a couple days, a couple weeks, a couple months, a couple years, whatever it is. But there's something that obviously needs addressed in Chicago. And I hope it, I hope it is properly addressed. Well, that was a real fun one. So I get to go straight into plugging and sounding real happy. Say, hey, you know what you should do? You should subscribe to the DK Pittsburgh Sports podcasting feed. I can't even talk anymore. This transition is so horrible. This is the worst studying to an episode yet. But if you don't let this ending detract you from subscribing if you haven't already, wherever you get, find podcasts on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Apple, wherever you get them. Be sure to. We have a lot of great stuff coming up. Be sure to tune in on Saturday where Jared Pugar and I, we talk some prospects. Definitely some prospects news we have to talk about just going on right now, especially with draft season. It's just a whole lot of stuff to do right there. So be sure to check in there. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week.